the Highly Disputed Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew Thierry. I'm here with my co-host Garrett, and we are back. We took a week off. We had prior plans with softball, so yeah, our slow pitch softball playoffs uh, took up our Monday and Tuesday, and then we got kind of lazy Wednesday through. Well, I think we had some prior engagements the rest of the week. I know at least Thursday, Friday we were busy, and then Wednesday we just we're feeling it. Pretty exhausted, long yeah. day, rainy day up here in the Northeast, so. We decided to take that one off, uh, but we are back. Full-time, baby. Full-time, yes. We will be without our producer, uh, Tamara, for most Mondays now. She is currently here right now, but she will be leaving in about 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> does not have a mic currently, so we're not going to hear from her today. But uh, this is going to be a good a good pod because we've had two weeks of time to gather information on what we're going to talk about. And, and it is I'm our first podcast with... Full football, nothing else in a while. So we are we are ready to do this. We have been loving these preseason games for the most part, and we're ready to talk about them. We are going to discuss young quarterback performances. We were going to do just rookies, but like there's a Jordan Love that I want to talk about, Tua, Drew Locke, just the performance that we've seen out of the young guys. And then we have a bunch of camp competitions that we need to talk about as well. So where do you want to start? Are you sure we really have to do Drew Locke? Like, do we really have we to go down have that road? To, but but you want me to, and you want me to go down that road and force me to talk about a quarterback that I've been done with for about seventeen months now. He looks good. And all right, all right let's let's go into camp competitions. Let's start with the Broncos. Oh, you, that's where that's where you want to start. Okay. Yeah, we'll start we'll start with camp competitions. So I don't know about you. But I've really liked what I've seen out of Drew Locke so far in this preseason, and I get it. It's just the preseason. But they played the Vikings, and they also played the Seahawks. Two two terrible, terrible defenses on both sides of the ball. But at the same time, the Broncos' offense is putting up 30-plus points in both of these preseason games, which is something that I really love to see. It, against the Vikings, Drew Locke threw 5 for 7, 151, and two touchdowns, where Teddy B threw 7 for 8, 74, and one touchdown. And in the Seahawks game, Drew Locke threw 9 for 14 for 80, and Teddy B threw 9-11 for 105 and a touchdown. And then they have, like, Brett Rivian, but that he's not even in the competition. So, from what it seems to me... They've gone back and forth. The first game was a Drew Locke game. They gave him most of the work. And the second game, they gave Teddy B more work. Well, I mean less work, but Teddy B performed more. Is there is there a clear-cut winner thus far for you? Or is it kind of there's still two weeks of preseason left and we have more to see? I mean, I would just go with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, you traded for the guy. What They don't owe Drew Locke anything. He's been on the team for three years now. We haven't seen anything. I understand he was hurt last year, but... At some point, like, you just have to move on. And, like, Teddy Bridgewater is a nice, solid starting quarterback. We all know that. And you just have to go with it. Like, it, you cannot – you can't keep going back to the Drew Locke well and expecting anything to be different. Like, he struggles with just going through progressions. Yeah, the arm talent is there. I'm not denying he has arm talent. I think he's decently mobile. But, like, what? What? it's just not there. It's He's just not – a starting caliber quarterback. You have a really good roster. Like, you need a quarterback that's at least going to be able to elevate the roster. And I don't think Drew Locke can elevate the roster. We, we've seen it now. Like, we've seen it. This is year three. Not impressed. If it's the fact that it's even a question to me, like, is Teddy the starter? Is it Drew Locke? Like, the fact that we're asking that question means that it's Teddy. Like, it just should be Teddy. If you have to ask yourself that question, it should be Teddy Bridgewater. That's, that's where I'm, I've been on that for. 17 months, like I said in the opening. Like, it's just not going to happen for Drew Locke. Like, I think he's very talented. And he's probably a solid backup in this league. He has a nice arm. Like, but as a starter, a starting caliber quarterback, it's not going to happen. It's just not there. I feel like where you and I are going to differ on the Broncos is you are higher on Teddy Bridgewater than I am, and I am higher on Drew Locke than you are. So I don't think. Yeah, but I was on the Drew Locke train. I liked Drew Locke. Like, I liked him as a rookie. I thought he should have started more games as a rookie. I gave him a chance last year. I gave him five games last year, and I said it's just not there. Like at some point, you just have to jump off the off the wagon and say it's done. Like it's not going to happen. And I'm there. Like it's just not going to happen. I last year I gave him a dark horse for like most improved player. I thought he was going to be like a top fifteen quarterback, and it just didn't happen. Like I've been there with him, and I'm I'm done. Like I'm just out. 
It's not going to work. So how are you not out on Teddy B? Because I've seen Teddy Bridgewater win games. What five, he went eight and zero as a Saints starter. He was he had, he won eleven games with the Vikings. Like I've seen Teddy Bridgewater win games. He had a bad situation in Carolina last year, but they lost eight games by less than seven points. Like that's that's starting caliber quarterback to me. He he has the ability. He's not he doesn't have a massive arm. He's decently athletic. He's pretty accurate. Like that at least is a starter level. Am I winning a Super Bowl with Teddy Bridgewater? No, but. Can Teddy, can Teddy Bridgewater get me to 10 wins? Yeah. Can Drew Locke even get me to 7? Like, can you go 7-10 and 10 with this roster? I don't think so. I, I feel like this year is the year that you need to... So I'm going to agree with you. I think this is the year that they need to say, all right, we have such a young roster with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy as our two primary receivers. We just drafted Javante Williams, who I'm assuming is going to be their starter. They've been giving a lot to Royce Freeman and uh, Demaria Crockett has been getting some carries. But for the most part, they have a bunch of third-year and younger guys, and especially on the defensive side, too. Their defense is it's not – I'm not going to say it's very good, but it, it's one of the better defenses in the league all around. So I, I'm going to agree with you. I would go with the – we've seen more from Teddy B, and we should start him, but at the same time, I don't like either option at the quarterback position. I don't think they should have traded for Teddy Bridgewater. I think they should have probably drafted a quarterback. But well, we all agree on yeah. that. That we all had them pegged as Justin Fields. Yeah, we all had Justin Fields pegged to the Broncos. Like that wasn't a mystery. We all thought that they wanted him. He was on the board. They didn't take him. Yeah. But like, you know, I think the goal for the Broncos is oh, I think we have a shot to sign Aaron Rodgers. Which, if that's your grand plan, like great. That's your plan? Fine. I have no problem with that. Whatever. But, like, you need to show Aaron Rodgers that you can win so that he has an idea if he wants to go there. And, like, I'm looking at their schedule right now. So they start out at New York Giants, at Jacksonville. Then they have the Jets, the Ravens at home. Then they go at Pittsburgh and then home versus the Raiders. So That's their first six weeks. So right away, in those six weeks, I see four games that they should realistically be able to win. They they should start out the season three and zero. Yeah, exactly. And then like they, they should, should be three and zero to start the season. And then, like you can make a case that they can beat Baltimore in Denver. Like, and you can be, you can win any game yeah. in Denver. That's that's a complete possible thing. They what, should what, beat the Raiders. What week is that? That's week four. That's week four. What what's the date? That'd be that is October beginning 3rd. of October. Yes. Yeah, okay. October third. So it's not quite cold enough yet to really play. A no, no, I'm not talking about the cold. I'm talking about the yeah, altitude. No, I, I altitude understand, is a big deal. Like especially a team like the Ravens with you know Lamar Jackson no, I, and how they run the ball. Like you know stamina, altitude. That's a big deal. Like, do I think they're going to go into Pittsburgh and win? No, but I think with Teddy Bridgewater, you have a shot to be three and zero and maybe four and zero. And then, but with Drew Locke, I feel like okay against a really good Giants defense, how many turnovers is he going to have? Yeah. Like that's the question like, I'm asking. We're myself. we're seeing realistically the Broncos, if they play their cards right, could be five and one through week six. Four and two. They should be they four, should and, be four two and two. You're right. They should be four six. and two they through week six. They could be five and one. Yeah. Like I I I I think Teddy B is the the answer for this season. I will agree with you there. But I, I don't see I I wouldn't see a problem if they started Drew Locke first game and Drew Locke came out and beat the Giants and then they say, Oh, well, we're gonna roll with Drew until we can't anymore. And by I mean we can't. He has one bad game and then we switch to Teddy B. But I also feel like that's something that could come and bite the Broncos in the ass a little bit too if they say, all right, well, you had a bad game. We're going to switch next game. And then the, the next time you have a bad game, we're going to switch back to the other guy. And I feel like that's uh, something the Broncos would could easily do this year. And I think that's something that would say, all right, well, rather than starting 4-2, and two, we're starting 0-4, oh 0-6. Because we want to just jump around and not have a set quarterback and take away confidence from both of the quarterbacks we have, and I just feel like worst case scenario for the Broncos is, is more likely than best case scenario. Yeah, I, I I would completely agree with that. That's so. Why did you make me do this topic if you were? I just wanted to talk. about You Drew just Locke. made me want to do the Drew Lock. I know thing. you don't like oh talking about him, God. so I wanted to make you talk about him. All right, but, all right. We're moving on. We're gonna go down to the Saints because. Yes. I think the Saints is another interesting situation, uh, and it's not between a rookie quarterback or a second-year guy. It's between two vets. Listen, if you're a fantasy fan, you want Jameis Winston as the starter. If you're a Saints fan, you probably want Jason Jameis Winston as the starter. My personal opinion, Jameis Winston should, 
Jameis Winston should start. <laughs> wow, that's a mouthful right there. You cannot say that fast. But I would say that Taysom Hill should have an incredibly large role in the offense. They are incredibly devoid of – I'm sorry, incredibly void of talent at the wide receiver position. I would say the tight end position. Like, it's – you know, I, I'm looking at the depth chart for wide receiver. Minus Michael Thomas, you have Deontay Harris, who I kind of like. He, he has some talent. Traquan Smith is a burner. He, he, want, he runs one route. Little, little Jordan Humphrey out of the University of Texas is his second year in the league. You know, he's a nice little slot guy. They have Chris Hogan on the roster, and then it's Kawan Baker and Aesop Winston Jr. The main, the oh, main, and they also have Marquez Calloway. The, the main two guys are Marquez Calloway and Juwan Johnson. Those, those are the two. If there's no Michael Thomas, those are my 1A, 1B kind of options for the quarterback well, to target. Well, Bears fans, Bears fans remember Kevin White, the ghost of Kevin White, Mr. I'm going to be the greatest receiver in the history of football. Drafted 10th overall and never amounted to anything. He is also on the roster. He is a third stringer. So maybe there's some hope there. But yeah, are, I mean, you're, you're. Are we really throwing out that Ian Book isn't in this competition as well? Okay, I was going to get there because but you jumped the gun on it. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Do, in go the, in the one. Go. So the, the Saints play tonight, Monday night against the Jaguars. So we've only got one little sample size to go off of for the quarterback room. But. In 16 attempts, Ian Book had nine completions for 126 yards, and he had one interception, but that doesn't matter because every Saints quarterback that played week one preseason had an interception. So Okay, well, interceptions on the Saints like is going to be a thing. Yeah. That Jameis is Mr. INT. Ian Book's a rookie. Taysom Hill isn't incredibly accurate. Like Whoever starts is going to throw interceptions. Yeah. That's a thing. So they gave the two presumed competition guys – Hill and Winston, 12 attempts. Hill had one more completion, but for 15 less yards, and Jameis Winston had a touchdown. But I didn't watch the game, so I can't give my my thoughts on how they looked. But if I'm looking at stats, I'm looking that, oh, all right, well, Ian Book had four more attempts, had one more completion, and threw for 30 more yards than the next best guy in Jameis Winston. So maybe I'm looking at him a little bit more and saying, all right, well, maybe we should pull, like, a Drew Brees-esque situation and say, all right, well, you're going to start for us right when we get you. And there's not really a question mark, and we're going to build you up to try to be the quarterback that we just had in Drew Brees. Is, there, are we really, is everyone really ruling out that that's not an option, or is it, has it been said that it's only between Winston and, and Hill? I haven't heard anything that Ian Book is in the conversation. If you listen to our pre-draft shows at all, I am out on Ian Book completely. I said he was undraftable. I don't think he really has much of any talent. Every time I watched Notre Dame, felt like he was a liability. I thought he looked fair in the preseason game. I did catch part of his – I caught a couple of his drives. Um, the thing I like about him, I think he's – the game is slow for him. He doesn't – he's not rushed, which I do like that in a quarterback, and we'll get into that a little later with a quarterback – but it's Jameis's job as long as Jameis doesn't screw it up. Like tonight, Jameis Winston, don't throw an don't throw an interception. Don't try to play a style that's not your style, and don't look stupid out there. Like that's all he has to do to win the job, in my opinion. Like you're going to be relying on Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, to, you know, and, and Jawan James or Jawan Johnson as your playmakers. Like Taysom Hill is not good enough to make those receiving options, you know, liable. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Like, I, I love Alvin Kamara. I think he's a top seven running back in this league. But you're not going to be able to win a game when there's seven guys, eight guys in the box every time waiting for Kamara to get the handoff or an, on a dump off. Like, you're going to have to win the game throwing the ball. And Sean Payton, very creative, knows how to run an offense. But Taysom Hill is limited. Like, he's going to be limited. I, we saw it last year, like – He's not that impressive, and I I thought he was going to be decent, but I haven't seen anything to prove me wrong on that. My question for you is, is the contract that Taysom Hill just signed going to play a role in, in them leaning more towards him? Because a four-year, $140 million No, 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 no. Yeah, but remember, that, that number is fake. That's a fake number. It's mostly voided. Like, 
it's not really a real contract. Yeah, they gave him a lot of money up front, but it was mostly an upfront deal. Everything else is pretty small on the cap hit. But yeah, that 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 contract is voided. Like, so you don't think there's any? No. Okay. No, because like, yeah, you gave him that money, but you also gave him that money to be a backup and to be a specialist guy. Like, the best thing for that offense is to utilize both Jameis and Taysom. Like, if you start Taysom Hill, you're not going to be able to run all of that gadget stuff with him. That's where he's most valuable. If you start Jameis, you have 10 to 15 plays a game where you can script Taysom into the playbook. And then it's more explosive. You're going to have to find ways to be explosive. And if Taysom's your starter, you take 10 to 15 explosive plays out of the game immediately. Because you're not going to be able to run them with him as a starter because it's just too much. Like, There's nothing you're going to be able to do with Jameis. Like, if Jameis checks into the game, okay, well, everybody get ready for, you know, the double pass here. Like, that's, nobody's threatened by that because Jameis isn't a runner. You've got to have Taysom as, you know, a gadget guy where you can just bring him in and Jameis isn't even on the field. You can't play down two guys. Like, you can't do that. It's it's not Madden, you know. You you have to be smart. And if Taysom is your starter, that completely completely eliminates that from the playbook. I don't think that they can run what they ran with Drew Brees with Taysom Hill because every time Taysom Hill was on the field last year, Drew Brees was also on the field. He was lined up as the receiver, so everyone pretty much knew what was going on. It was either they were running a wide receiver short or they were just Taysom Hill was running the ball. And I don't think that they can do that with Jameis Winston like you were just saying. Like They can't line Jameis Winston up in the slot because now everybody knows how this offense is going to run if Taysom Hill is under center. It's just the Saints need to make a definitive decision and then roll with it. Either go to last year's offense and run it with Jameis Winston under center or make Taysom Hill your number one option. That I don't think the latter is, is the better of the two, but they need. I think they need to put all of this information out now so that you can start giving confidence to your quarterbacks because it's going to be real shitty come week one when they announce the starter and they're like, oh, well, I didn't even know I was starting and... I'm going to get my ass kicked, number one, because I just wasn't ready for this. Well, if they're not ready, then that's... T- I mean, I, I think you just kind of took it a little bit far because, like, these guys know who the starter's going to be. You think they're so? They're going to be... Pre- yeah. They they more than likely already know. They've been taking reps. Like, you're not going to be not prepared at this point. I, I think you just blew that a little bit too far. Like, you've been in camp for two months now. Like, you, you know what your role is. You, Sean Payton's not going to announce that Taysom Hill's the starter and Taysom Hill, like is completely blindsided Whoa. by that information. Like, he's going to be ready. He knows the playbook. He's been in the offense for a couple years now. He knows that. Like, here's what I would say. If if Jameis is the starter and Taysom is in his role and it goes to shit and your season is shit, you need to start Ian Book. You got to find out if you wasted a fourth-round pick or not. But I think you wasted a fourth-round pick anyway, so what does it matter? But, yeah, you're going to have to probably go to him at some point this season because – I looked at the Saints schedule and I have it right here. Like, it, it's a nightmare. I mean, it, it it's a nightmare, and you know, it it could go really badly, really quick. They start out against Green Bay, but just pencil a loss in there. That's a loss. Then they have at Carolina, that's potentially a loss. Then they go at New England, probably going to lose that game because Belichick would love to play against Jameis Winston. Like, that's just a turnover city. Then you have the Giants. In New Orleans, that's a 50-50 game. I think the Giants are going to be relatively good. I'm not saying they're going to be horrible, but they're going to be relatively good. At football team, at Seattle, versus Tampa, versus Atlanta, at Tennessee, at Philly, home for Buffalo, home for Dallas, Jets, Tampa, Miami, Carolina, Atlanta. Find me six wins. Like, find me six wins in that schedule. That's a tough schedule. No wonder Drew Brees retired. (laughs) He didn't want to deal with that. That's like a six-win team at best, at best. And that's without Michael Thomas. Like, you don't even have that guy for probably eight weeks. Like, good luck. Good luck. That, that's, that's where I'm at with them. I, I think that's the whole Saints offense. It's just good luck. We're going to throw you out there. You better hope Kamara's like 2,500 yards this year. <laughs> yeah. Like, you better hope he has 2,500 yards in his bag because it, it's going to be rough to score points. And their defense is, like, solid, but it's not great. They lost a lot of guys on defense. They had to call a lot of players because of their cap situation. Like, it's going to be stressful for them. All right. Let's jump to your guy, Tua and the Dolphins. My guy. My guy who... Listen, I'm... Tua. S- listen, we talked about it with Drew Locke. I'm six games away from 
all right, I'm out on Tua. Like, Tua's my guy. I thought Tua was the best quarterback in that class. I was wrong on Justin Herbert. You know, I, I never thought he would be bad, but I never thought he would be any good. I thought he would be a relatively good starter, Derek Carr-esque. Listen, if Tua doesn't come out and show that he's something in the first six games, it's over. Like, it's over, and I hate saying that because I think he has a lot of talent, but I think that the injury that he sustained in college potentially derailed his entire football career. Like, I, I that's where I'm at with him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tua turned turn the ball over is just he, – he's looked all right. In, in his two preseason games, I will give him a little bit of credit. He looked better week two, much better week two than he did week one. He went from 8-11 and 11 for 99 and in an interception to 16 for 23, 183 and a touchdown. So I would say there is an, an improvement over the last two games, but it was also from the Bears to the Falcons. So take that with a with a grain of rice, I guess. But Grain of rice? Yeah. Grain of rice? Yeah. Grain of salt, you mean? No, I mean rice. It's no, a little it's, bit bigger than salt. It's grain of salt. Grain of rice is bigger than salt. Okay, sure. I, I'm I'm giving him more credit than I think is is than he deserves. He's showing out and playing better than he did last year already. He looks better than he did without that shadow behind him. So I'm giving him more credit, but it, it's still there's always that interception scare for me, and I mean that's why I'm giving him the title of Tua turned to ball over. Okay, I understand that he threw a lot of picks at the end of the season. His first, like, four games, he didn't throw a pick. He didn't throw a pick in his first four games. Like, okay, so he threw some interceptions at the end of the season. His schedule got incredibly hard at the end of the year. Like, he beat the Rams. Like, and? I, okay. I, it, turnovers are still there. It's not like... Okay, I mean, that's fine, but you're, it's like after seven games, you're like, turn the ball over. Like, stop. It's Too more of a that. joke than anything. Like you're picking you're picking on Tua for turnovers, but Drew Locke has been your guy for two seasons. I will Drew give, Locke I'll is give. pick city. Are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah, but if you also ever listen to me, I say Drew Locke's the GOAT, so obviously I'm kidding. I will never try to tell you that Drew Locke should be every team's starting quarterback. Never. I, I admit that Drew Locke is not a, a, a fantastic quarterback, but I still like talking about him because he's my guy. I, it's my gotta, favorite quarterback yeah. in the league. You got to give that one up. <laughs> that one's over. It's over. Listen, I'm like I said, I'm six games out on Tua. I, I need to see six good games, and then I'm all in. Like That's where I'm at with him. I, I think they fixed the offense, except for the line. I think the line is still a little rough. The run game scares me. I don't know how good Miles Gaskin's going to be. Like Fantasy-wise, I understand, you know, oh, look at all the production he potentially has, but as far as on the field football, like real life football, just Miles Gaskin scares the shit out of me. Um, I think Waddle's going to be a stud for them. I, I think they're going to have a million different ways to use that guy. He's like Tyree Kill 2.0, but like a better receiver than Tyree Kill ever was. So I think that he's going to be important to them. Devontae Parker's, you know, solid. Will Fuller. Whatever with Will Fuller. I think the number one guy is Mike Gesicki. I think he's he's going to be the number one option in that offense for two at a target and, and passing. Oh, no, it's going to be Waddle. For sure, going to be Waddle. I don't know. I I think the consistency and the the, the level of intensity that Mike Gesicki brings onto the football field is is just going to be like, all right, well, I'm going to chuck you the ball and try to make you our number one option, like the Raiders and the Chiefs and the 49ers so I think they're gonna yeah, and and Waddle runs what four two five with ridiculous hands and is a I'm not taking that away from incredible him. deep route runner like we've seen wide receivers and tight ends played well together I mean I mean the only option we've seen we see we're seeing right now is Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey but I mean I'm not saying Tua is Patrick Mahomes to be able to make that that duo work but there's still opportunities for Waddle to perform with Mike Kosicki being the number one option yeah, I just think Waddle's the number one guy. Like they're gonna give the ball to him. I just don't think that I can say right now after two preseason games that Waddle's the guy. I mean, we've seen in both games that Waddle and Gasicki are still getting roughly the same amount of targets, but Gasicki's are is going for more yards. I, I just I just think that Gasicki's going to end up being that number one option until Waddle maybe eventually steps it up and turns into that that 
key number one option for this offense, but I think until he does that, Kosicki's like the only guy in this offense that Tua can trust 100%. Devontae Parker's just chopped liver for you? He's a good player. He's a good player, but I, I, I've run out of – he's one of those guys that I've kind of just fallen off of. I don't, I don't really think that he's, he's – Jarvis Landry 2.0. 27 catches for 46 yards. Like, that's a stat line right there. It's hard to go get two catches and have less than I think Waddle is higher up on the, the receiver chain than, than Devontae Parker yeah, is right I just now. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah, Waddle's the top guy in, in Miami. I'm, I, I would guess that Waddle's going to average like 13 targets a game. That's where I'm at with him. I think he's going to be really dominant because there's a million different ways to use that guy. Like, Jasicki, I like Jasicki. I'm not saying he's bad. But there's only so many ways they can utilize him. With Tua, you have to be dynamic. You have to get down the field. You have to make quick, easy throws. You have to make deep throws. And, like, Gasicki's just a chain mover. Waddle's, like, take the top off the defense and then run for 25 yards. Like, that's the kind of player that's going to help Tua, if anything, because he's going to make everything easy. Gasicki's going to be, you know, a difficult throw. He's always going to be a difficult play. Waddle is, you can get the ball in his hands on a reverse, and he's going to get you 15 yards. Like, he's going to be explosive for them. I, I, I get what you're saying with Gasicki, but I would just much rather see them utilize Waddle a lot more. Oh, I like Waddle. I, I've told you that Waddle was my number two, way higher than Devontae Smith for the longest time oh, out of this draft Don't class. make me go there. Oh. But it, it's just, I don't, as of right now, Gasicki, and probably for this whole Maybe the first eight games of the year, I think Kasicki's going to have to be that number one option for Tua. I, I don't think Waddle's going to break out and become that star wide receiver for them until maybe halfway through the year, if not after a whole season. I just, I don't, I'm not going to put all of my eggs in a basket of a, a rookie receiver that we've seen nothing of against a real defense. All right, so let's go through some of the schedule because this to me is, is the trap schedule. Because you can start out at New England and then home for Buffalo and be 0-2, like right there. That's To me, they're going to be 0-2. I just think that New England's improved. Buffalo's obviously better than them. Like They should be 0-2 to start the season. Then you go at Vegas, home for the Colts. Is that a split? Like, Do you split those two? Who's the quarterback for the Colts? I'm pretty sure it's going to be Carson Wentz by that point. They said he's only going to miss then, like three weeks. Then, yeah, it's probably a split and you beat the Raiders. So you're starting off one and three, and then you have at Tampa that's one a and loss. four. That's probably a loss. Uh, home for Jacksonville, Two home four. for Atlanta, three and four. At Buffalo, three and five. Home for Houston. Is Deshaun Watson the quarterback? No, Deshaun Watson's not playing. This four year. and five. Home for Baltimore, four and six. See, I think they can win that game. That's a winnable game to me. Their defense is good. They should be able to hang with, with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that's a winnable game. Maybe. Then you have at Jets. I think they lose one of the games to the Jets. You think they're going to lose to the Jets? I, I'm, gonna, I'm predicting The Jets that, just lost like half their defense. No, I'm predicting that the, the Dolphins are going to have one of those royal mistakes that they end up losing a game that they shouldn't lose. Like, realistically, the Dolphins should beat the Jets both times, but I think that's going to be one of those games. Every team has one that they should have. Should have easily won, and they end up losing. I think it's either going to be the Texans or the Dolphins, and I, I don't see the Texans winning a single game this year, so it's probably that game. Okay, so then they have home for Carolina, home for the Giants. I think that's two wins. I think they win both of those easily. Yeah, I could see a split there somehow, but they could easily win both of those games. Then they have home for the Jets, at Saints, at Titans, and then um, they finish out the season home versus New England. They're beating New England in Miami. I'll just call it right now. They always win that game. That Foxborough early September game and then the late Miami game late in the season, that's always a split. Every year, you can book it. It happened last year. That's a win for the Dolphins. They will lose to Tennessee at Tennessee. Yep. They're going to beat New York. That's not a problem. They'll beat New York. I don't think you're right. I think they're going to lose both, or they're going to beat the Jets both games. The Jets are going to stink. They're going to stink. Their defense is going to be awful. They just lost two massive players for the whole season. They should be able to beat the Saints on the road, but Saints at that Mercedes-Benz Superdome, 
that's a tough game. I'll say the Saints win it. I got them like nine and nine and eight right now. They're like nine and eight. Is that their floor for you, or is that the kind of in between? I think that's like in between. I could see them going worse, but more than likely, they probably finish nine and eight. What's which, their ceiling? I think their ceiling is eleven wins. Okay. I, I don't see them getting any higher than that. So they have a tough schedule. I mean, they finished second in the division last year, so they're going to play some tough teams. Like, I just think it's hard for them to get anywhere farther than that. Yeah, I I agree. I I think. I think there are some games that this team can lose. Um, you have issues with your star cornerback. Xavier Howard doesn't entirely want to be there. No, no, he's. They figured him out. He's good. They did. Yeah, they, I didn't they see signed that him. Report. He's good. Okay, he's good. They well, signed him to a new to an extension. All right, that was probably a while ago, and I didn't. I never like saw that. Two weeks. Yeah, I didn't even see that. Yeah, you must have so, missed that one. All right. Well, then there's probably not a chance they lose to the Jets. Then I thought that they were still having defensive issues and. Uh, so yeah, I I think realistically you're worried about the Dolphins' defensive issues, but I just said it again. The Jets just lost two starters on defense. Yeah, but again, there's always those games that teams lose. I'll agree with you. I think I think nine and eight is probably where the Dolphins are going to end up, and it that's just kind of it. I don't think that I think that's it. I don't All think right, there's an opportunity for eleven wins. Let's move on. Let's go to the team that's currently on the television right now. Little news out of New England today. Cam Newton is going to miss the next five days of training camp because of a COVID situation. He had an outside doctor's appointment that he was excused from. He had to go through some testing for COVID. Because of that, apparently the tests were mishandled or there was some confusion with the league, so he's out of camp for five days. This is a real quarterback battle. Mac Jones is the starter. Oh, that's where you are now. Yeah, Mac Jones is the starter. I and I'm reading this headline right now on the TV. Could absence cost Cam his job? Yes. Five days of practice being missed when you're in a quarterback battle in camp is huge. Like, well, the thing is, Cam has been taking most of the first team reps. Now you're going to have five days where Mac Jones is just getting a hundred percent of the first team reps. He's going to go out there and light it up against the Giants. Like he's just going to light it up for five days and. Belichick and McDaniels are going to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. Our offense just looks better when Mac's on the field. If you've watched both of these preseason games, which you probably should have because they were the only game on that night, and what the hell else was there to watch? Because we're at that point of the summer where basketball has ended and football hasn't really started <laughs> yet, but and baseball's on, but it's not the playoffs, so nobody really gives a shit. Shut like, up, Family Guy. Romeo and Juliet <laughs> episode right there. Um, but, like, Mac Jones, when he's been in the game, the offenses look better in my opinion. I thought Cam looked good against the oh, Eagles. Oh, I agree. I thought Cam looked good against the Eagles the other night, but it was against the Eagles I, backups with the New England starters in. Do you think the receivers in New England are kind of like, you know, we want Mac to be our quarterback, so we're going to play a little bit worse for Cam? I can't say that because there have been dropped passes from Mac Jones. That yeah, the, Mac, Jones has been cost, drop. Mac Jones has been cost two touchdown bombs by his receivers. Have Nikhil Harry dro- The one that Nikhil Harry dropped last week was just inexcusable. That was disgusting. And I, it sucks that he got hurt on that play. He's going to miss four weeks. Uh, and then the one that Christian Wilkerson dropped in the first. I, listen, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna get. This is a, this is a kids show, but I'm gonna get a little PG-13. I almost had an accident on the couch when he, <laughs> when when Jones threw that ball and it hit Wilkerson in the hands. I almost lost it on the couch. And if you know what I'm talking about, I almost lost it. Lost it. Okay, <laughs> kids show. This is a kids show though. Um. I think he's looked better. I just I, I love the way Mac looks. The ball gets out quick. I've been saying it for two weeks. It's one, two, three, four, five, balls out. One, two, three, four, five, balls out. Like every time he hasn't made a mistake yet. He's had one ball, I think, that should have been picked and it wasn't picked. Other than that, I think the drives have looked good. They've all been long drives, which is what Bill's gonna want. I think there was I've seen like a couple instances so far where like Mac has thrown a bad ball that he probably shouldn't have thrown, but it comes up for a catch. Which, it's just the rookie jitters. I'm really not worried about that. But I'll give him some credit. I was wrong about him. I was so low on Mac Jones going into the draft. I didn't think anybody should have taken him in the first round. He was your Ian Book. He, like, was, he my, was your Ian no, Book. I wasn't that low on him. Like <laughs> I knew I knew if somebody got... I didn't think anybody should pay a first round pick for him. You didn't think Ian Book should have gotten drafted. Yeah, I, like, I was there. Mac Jones was my... Alright, if he falls into the late first round and somebody takes him, sure. Patriots taking him at 15 was a little 
a little early. Yeah, but see, but. I've watched him now, and I'm like, this is why he belonged there because yeah, no. the way that they're going to run the offense is perfect for him because all it requires the quarterback to do is make the right decision, and that's what he did in college. He's a smart player. Like They said he has like a photographic memory, which is ridiculous for quarterbacks, but like his ability to just see the defense, find the open guy, hit the open guy. I got a text the night of the first game and uh, from a friend of ours, and he's like, the Patriots are going to be so boring this year. I said, good. If the Patriots are boring, that's exactly what we want. We want them to be boring. We don't want exciting games from New England. We want wins. That's all the New England Patriot fans care about is wins. So if it was me, I would start Mac Jones. I think Cam has looked good. And actually, I would like to see a little if, – if Mac is the starter, I think we get a little Taysom Hill, Cam, you know, Cam action. Like, can you use him in some goal line packages? Can you use him – I think Belichick's good enough to be able to do that. And I think Cam is at the point of his career where, you know, he's got to understand this is probably the last stop. I don't see him going anywhere. So, you know, probably buy into your role and get it over with. But in all honesty, Mac's probably going to start week three. I think week three he starts. Although, let me throw this scenario out at you. Remember all the way, well, you were you were too young yet, but... All the way back, all the way back. Like I'm not two years younger than you. (laughs) All the way back in 2001, week two, the Patriots are playing the Jets. And Drew Bledsoe runs out of bounds, gets crushed by Mo Lewis, and never returns as the New England starter. And little sixth-round pick Tom Brady strolls into the game and almost leads a comeback. Enough, 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 enough. Week two, where do the Patriots play? At the Jets. (laughs) Could we see... Could we see history repeat itself again? Cam Newton trying to get out of bounds, shoulder gets caved in, and here comes Mac Jones to save the day. Like, I can see that. Can I just throw something at you real quick? Sure. I want to throw it back to one of our very first podcasts from the 1st of April. Where we I did can't our, even remember if that far back. Where we did our uh, our rookie prospects. No, 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 no. And because their, I and never... their NFL comparisons. Can we just talk about... This New England offense, what what quarterback did it always play well with? What the best quarterback of all okay, time? Okay, but I have never and said I have never said that Mac Jones has the same ability no, 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 as no. Tom Brady. No, 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 no. My NFL comparison was Tom Brady. Was Tom Brady? Yeah, that's wrong. He's not Tom Brady. He's not. He doesn't have. No, the arm. I'm. I'm gonna say you mentioned that this is like the perfect offense for Mac. It's, oh yeah, it's one, it two, is. three, four, five out. One, yeah. two, three, four, five out. I would just I'm gonna give myself a little bit of a no, pat you don't, on the you back don't get to for call that. that. <laughs> no, because in that same podcast you said he's going three and he's going to the Niners. Like we both mocked that. You don't get to say that he was gonna go to New England. I did not say he was going three. We both agreed that New England was his best fit. Yeah. We both agreed with that. Yeah. Okay. But and I'm just like, giving myself a pat okay, on the no, back. No, you don't get to pat yourself I got, on the back. I got for that. crucified. For that comparison. No, no, you got crucified because you compared him to Tom Brady. He's not Tom Brady. He's not. He, he, oh, listen, he has a similar play style to Tom Brady, but his comp was not Tom Brady. It never was, and it shouldn't have been. It's Matt Ryan. You don't get to compare people to goats. That that's nobody. You don't get to compare yourself like when the NBA draft comes out. Oh, this kid's Michael Jordan. No, he's not. He's not LeBron James. He's not Michael Jordan. He's not Kareem. It's. Okay, he's probably like Matt Ryan because that's probably what he's going to be. He's probably going to be about the same talent level as Matt Ryan. Just, you're not going to pat yourself on the back for that well, I am because he ended up in New England. Back. All of a sudden, he's Tom Brady now. No, he's I'm not patting fucking Tom myself Brady. on the back. No, you guys can't see it or hear, but trust me, I'm patting myself on the back. Good for you. You're wrong. He's not Tom Brady. We'll see. We'll see. We'll Do see. Matt, Matt Ryan and Tom Brady have similar play styles? Do they not? All right, let's go to the best quarterback. Let's go to the best quarterback in this draft. If you say Zach Wilson, we're canceling this podcast right now. Zach Wilson. It's not Zach Wilson. The best so quarterback stop. out of this draft. He's looked the best so far in the preseason. Oh, no, he has not. Stop lying to yourself. He's not looked better than Mac Jones has. Take the bias out of your ass. And, I'm and, not, I've and been open about Zach Wilson. I've said it. He's looked good this preseason. Okay, so you're going to say Zach Wilson's the second best looking quarterback in this Yeah, draft? I think he's okay. looked the second best. of the. Of, I think Mac... Mac Jones was rated the highest by Pro Football Focus. He had the highest quarterback rating. And? Two weeks. Okay. He's had the be- So he's been the best. Zach Wilson has been the second best. I, we'll get to an overrated one in a few minutes here. But, yeah, Zach Wilson's been good. And I'm glad because we heard a lot out of camp that he was looking really shitty. And 
Yeah, that I was, was a little scared. <laughs> I was getting Andrew very, was very scared for a few weeks. Andrew's nuts dropped off of his body and was like, oh my God, I'm going to be wrong again. <laughs> I'm going to have Drew Locke all over again. So week week one uh, against the Giants, he, he didn't really play. Six for nine with 63 yards. But week two came out nine for 11 and 128 yards and two touchdowns. He's looked very good. Um, again... Not really the best teams to play in the preseason. Uh, the thing that I haven't liked about him, he has been locked in on Corey Davis. Yes, against you know bottom tier talent, you're not gonna. He has literally stared Corey Davis down on routes. I have not liked that. That's the one thing for me that's keeping him below Mac Jones. Because when you watch the two, you see Zach Wilson. You're like, okay, he's clearly throwing a Davis here. That's his guy, and I think he's targeted him like 70% of the routes that he's run. Like That's that's just too high. You're not going to be able to get away with that. But the thing I have liked is he hasn't been rattled. I haven't seen him like get into a bad situation yet. I think that he moves around pretty well, and he hasn't really tried to get too much out of the pocket, which I criticize rookies for that. Don't over, Don't try to overly get out of the pocket. Do it when you have to do it. Not every play, which... Again, we'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I, I've liked what I've seen. I think he's looked good. His stats have been good. I, I don't really care about his stats that much. Like, the completion percentage I like. I think it's been good. What is it, 67%? Yeah, I feel like with these next, with from Zach Wilson on, take a look outside of stats. I, I, didn't, I don't care about stats for these four guys. Zach Wilson has looked better than, than camp reports have said. I'm very happy about that. It's not that important. Everybody's watched that game. What's important is the overhyped of the next two quarterbacks we're going to talk about. Because I want to talk about the number one pick at the end because we only have one sample size of him because he plays tonight. Where do you want to go first? Well, let's stay with Wilson. Okay. So, like I said, he hasn't been... I don't think he's been flustered yet. I think he's made a couple of nice window throws where he's had to. He made a couple nice third down. I didn't watch his second game. I only caught like the last drive that he was involved I in. I watched two drives of the second game. Uh, one of his passes was a wide open receiver on the sideline. I the did side see line. that one. I and there was another one. one where the, the receiver ran a corner route, probably had a guy within three yards, and he fitted it into the nice window onto the sideline. So I, I've, I haven't seen a lot. I, I went back and watched his first game highlights. The second game, I only watched like three, three of his drives. So... It's just, yeah, I agree. He hasn't looked flustered. He looks like he actually knows what he's doing in there, and, and that's something that I really like to see out of a first-year guy. So there was two third downs in the first game that he converted. I think one was a third and nine, and the other one was a third and 11, or was it, it was a third and 11 and a third and seven. And he converted them both, and he just, it was it was the two times that I've seen him go through the progressions and get to the guy that's open. He didn't force a throw. He made the right decision. He's checked it down a few times, too. I like rookie quarterbacks that are okay. Just, you know what? You got me. Here's my running back. Check it down. I like that. Listen, I'm not overly impressed. I'm moderately impressed with him. I think he's looked good. I think he has a long way to go. I think the Jets are going to be god-awful this year. I, I I think I penciled them in at, what, three wins? Yes. I think I said they win three games. Like So what I want to see out of Zach Wilson is don't turn the fucking ball over. Just don't do that. Don't turn it over. This is a kid's show. Listen, we're getting adult now. All right? We, we, we had to get adult. We've moved on from the kid's show portion. Uh, don't turn it over. Don't make bad decisions. Don't run around in the pocket and get sacked, you know, causing yourself to get sacked, not because the protection breaks down. And just make positive plays. Don't get behind. Live to fight another down. Take the Tom Brady method. You you beat me. Throw it out. Throw it at your running back's feet. Just just get up. Live to fight another day. Don't get hurt. Just be smart. If he does that, and we get through the rookie season, and he only wins three games, which is probably what it's going to be because they suck. Like I just said, that's a win for me. The problem that he needs to the thing I want to see is him overcoming everything that's going to be thrown against him, and I don't mean other NFL teams. I mean the people that want to see. Zach Wilson be this great number two guy and they're expecting him to come out and be Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers right off the bat and make these amazing throws like you just said like B. 
be smart up there and then move past what the media is going to tell you. Like, you've said it. You don't like the fit of Zach Wilson in New York. You think the media... Hated it. I hated it. Small school and then going to the New York media is just the worst thing you could possibly have done. You need to be able to overcome what everyone's going to say come week seven when they're like, oh, Zach Wilson isn't playing very well. He needs to be able to... Zach Wilson needs to be able to come week seven when the Jets do not have a good record... And the media is all calling for his head and saying, oh, this was a waste of a second pick. You never should have taken this kid out of BYU. Be able to stay up there. Doesn't matter if you're winning the games and be able to keep a clean head and still make these good throws because brighter times are coming for the, the city of New York and the Jets. Hopefully. They have they have a, a nice prospect in Michael Carter who I want to talk about him on tomorrow's fantasy podcast because that, that backfield is atrocious. You have options on the receiving end with, Mike, or, uh, with Elijah Moore and... Corey Davis, your defense was on the up and up. Now you have a few injuries that are for the year. So you got to look two plus years in the future, is which is what I've been saying to everybody about my Zach Wilson take. I'm giving him until the end of his junior year, the end of his third year in the NFL, as to when I will officially say I'm either he was a bust in my eyes or in everybody's eyes and he should be or Look, this kid has something and it will continue to build. I don't think he's a right out the gate he's going to throw for all these yards in his first season. I I just don't think that that's really the biggest thing for him. As long as he can keep that clean head in New York, I think he'll be fine. Okay, let's move on to the next guy. Let's go Trey Lance here. You want to go to San Francisco? Let's go San Fran first. And let's let's go quick on this because I think this is pretty obvious. Jimmy G is going to start the season. Yes. Like, Jimmy G is a starter. That's not a question. I thought Jimmy G looked good last night. Like, the interception that they had was not his fault. I thought that was a decently thrown ball that should have been caught, at least not deflected up into the air. They almost, they, they, they're they a play away from winning a Super Bowl with him. So, my leash for Jimmy G is, can you be 5-3 and three at week 8 and we're still good with you? Because if Trey Lance sits the whole first year, I'm good with that. I have no problems there. As for Trey Lance, I have been, he was my guy coming out. I think we all know that. That was, I thought he was going to be the best player in this draft. Right now, I'm seeing, okay, you missed a year of football. You only started one year at North Dakota State. You have a lot of work to do. I think the 80-yard or whatever, yeah, the 80-yard touchdown he had in the first game was a complete fluke. He hit a pretty open receiver. There wasn't a guy within 15 yeah, yards. Yeah, that was, that was pretty fluky. I like that he can move in the pocket. I think his mobility is going to be something that San Francisco can utilize. I think he has a rocket for an arm. We saw it last night on the touchdown pass to Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. That was a fired ball. He fired it. But that's also a problem for him. He throws the ball too hard. We've seen that with quarterbacks. Cam Newton suffered the same thing. You can't throw the ball like a laser beam. Josh Allen went through the same thing. Bills fans can attest to this. You have to throw a nice catchable ball. It can't be a laser beam. It's you, There's times for that. Sometimes, yeah, you got to rocket ship it in there, but most of the time it's you know 80%. So he's going to have to work on that. I think he's going to have to get better at going through his progressions because a lot of time, a lot of the throws he made yesterday in the first game, I thought it was one read and that's where we're going with it. So I think he needs to improve there. Other than that, yeah, I think he needs to sit the first year. I think they're going to be fine with Garoppolo. I don't think Shanahan cares about going to Trey Lance the first year. Yeah, I I don't I think Shanahan is in the same exact situation as you just said. It's if we have to play Jimmy G for this year, look, Jimmy G just got us to a Super Bowl. Like who's saying that he can't do it again with a full healthy roster? You were. You were. I am gonna say that. You were. I, I mean I'm not I'm not confident with either one of these guys as my quarterback. But I can't say that it can't be done because it just happened. I'm saying in my eyes it won't be done. But I am not any I am not in any position to be able to say, ah, it's one hundred percent no way in hell is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be able to bring this forty nine ers team to a Super Bowl. It could happen. I don't think so, but it could. It's just this is a situation. Don't rush anything. Go with what works for your team. Go with what you're comfortable with. Go with what your team looks comfortable playing with. And honestly, the team doesn't really look great with either quarterback. Jimmy G is just 
we've had him for for how many years now and let's just roll until Trey Lance is 100% ready or until we have to play him. Jimmy G has injury issues. Who's to say come week five Jimmy G gets hurt and then it's Trey Lance's job from then on? More than likely that's going to be the scenario. I mean, I said week eight. We're going to be lucky if Garoppolo makes it to week eight. Like That's just his history. And it sucks because I think Jimmy G's a pretty good quarterback. I've always liked him. I've always thought Jimmy G was an above average quarterback and capable of winning games. Like We thought he was, you know, the guy in New England, and he was going to be the guy in New England, but we had to make a decision, and he wasn't part of the plans at that moment. Like, Jimmy G has talent. Can he not turn the ball over as much? I would like to see that. And can he stay healthy? Those are the two big questions with Jimmy G. It's health, and just don't throw 20 interceptions. Like, keep it below 15, and we're good. That's the only issue with him. So, listen, I don't think Trey Lance is going to start more than four games this year. That's That's where I'm at. I think he starts a couple games maybe at the end of the season or due to injury. But I think for the most part, you're going to see Jimmy G. Because here's the thing. If you start Trey Lance, you can't go back to Jimmy G. If you start Jimmy G, you can always go to Trey Lance and go back to Jimmy G. Because you can always say he wasn't ready. But if you start Trey Lance week one, you can't go. You, you're stuck. Yeah. You, you have to stick with him because you will destroy that kid's confidence. Part of the problem with what happened with Tua last year. I hated the going back and forth with with Fitzpatrick. I thought that killed Tua last year. You can't do that. Once you go to the rookie, you can't go back from him. You have to stick with him for the whole season. Because if you if you go to him and then come off of him, can't go back. You're stuck. That's the last straw with them. Yeah. So that's where I am. I would start Garoppolo. I would try to get to at least week eight before I even consider starting Lance. And Lance better look damn good if you start him. He better be really good. Yeah. Especially if they come out and they have a good record come week eight. And Trey Lance could easily come in and lose three games right away. Because he's just not ready. You cannot rush this. This is a team that's in a good situation. They have one of the best quarterback situations in the NFL with having two decent quarterbacks to be able to choose from. Don't mess it up. You are in prime position to be able to take your team to a Super Bowl within the next few years. Don't mess it up. Niners fans, you you 100% agree with me. Do not rush what could be greatness in your organization over the next few years. I don't have a lot to say about Lance. I I, I just think that that the only thing I had to say, and you already said it, was that the ADR touchdown was a fluke, and he's just not ready to be a starter week one. All right, so then let's move on to Justin Fields. Yikes. Oh, look. I- I'm going to let you go. You you got this. Take it over. I I was not high on Justin Fields in the draft. I didn't think that he was the guy that – he's like he, – I had him higher than Mac Jones, but he was another guy that it's like I don't want my team taking him. I thought there was a chance he could have fallen to the Steelers, and I was like no way in hell do I want the Steelers to take Justin Fields. And boy, does he not look NFL ready. And boy, welcome to the NFL because the Bills messed him up. You saw that hit. I know you did. Everybody saw that yeah. hit. That's a, that's a huge welcome to the NFL. And he does not look good. I mean, against the Bills, he went 9 for eight, nine for 19, or 9 and 19 for 80 yards. And then he played the Dolphins week one, and he went 14 for 20 for 142 yards and one touchdown. But that's another situation. 60 situ- of those yards was on a wide, a wide open touchdown. Okay, we said that the... The Trey Lance touchdown pass was a fluke. No, no, that one was a fluke. That tight end didn't have a guy within 25 yards of him. Yes. Any quarterback in the league could have made that throw. He Nathan Peterman could have made that throw. I don't know what the Bears are going to do because I don't want to start Andy Dalton, but you can't start Justin Fields. I don't think there's a way in hell you start Justin Fields. Honestly, I, at this point, I would start him. Because here's the problem. Those fans are not patient. Those are some of the most impatient fans in the NFL. If you trot Andy Dalton out there and he stinks up the joint, like he's going to against the Rams week one, like you, you're going to be out of options. You're going to just have to go to Justin Fields. So you might as well just get it out of the way. And if it goes poorly, it goes poorly. But I wouldn't even start Andy Dalton at all. I wouldn't. I, I don't want to run that risk. It's always big dick Nick. Yeah, I'm going to go with no. Pretty sure he's getting traded. I just, 
I don't know what the Bears are to do. I, I I wish I could help Bears fans and say that like there's light at the end of this tunnel, but in reality, there doesn't look to be any light at the end of this tunnel. I, listen, I don't think he's looked good. I still think Justin Fields is going to be pretty good in this league. I think he has a lot of talent. I think he's going to be able to run the football, but holy shit, dude. Like You, you have a little ways to go. I would say he's better off than Fields is or than Lance is, but he's got some work to do. He he does. He just ha- he's going to have to be better than he has. I have not been impressed. Nine of nineteen is not good. If you were impressed by nine of nineteen for eighty yards the other day, that's not good. And, and the first game, the same well, thing. As Bears fans, you're probably impressed because your quarterback history is Jay Cutler and second to bad only Jim to the McMahon. Browns. Like the Browns are the only other team that has a worse quarterback history than you. Like, it, I'm hoping next week on my birthday, which is this August, that Justin Fields can come out and take this Titans defense and say, all right, well, I'm going to make you my bitch, and I'm going to do whatever I want to you, and I'm going to prove why I deserve to be the starter come week one. And I'm going to prove everybody, like myself, wrong that, no, no, week two was just a fluke. We played against the Bills. I got rattled, and it threw me off a little bit. But... Boy, does he need to prove himself faster than any one of these quarterbacks. Like you said, Bears fans are impatient. And I think if he comes out and he sucks, don't think there's getting any better. We come year one. I just, that is not, he is not the guy I want to be right now. And that is. I said that was the worst situation he could have gotten drafted into. I said it on draft night. I said that's the worst team that could have picked him. Like He needed to be in a situation where there was talent around him with a good coaching staff, a rock-solid foundation. I said he needed to be in New England because I said he needed to have a coaching staff that was going to allow him to progress and to grow. And he ended up in Chicago, and I think I said it. I think that's the worst possible spot. There's no stability. That coach is on the hot seat. That GM is on the hot seat. They could both be gone and bring in a new coaching staff that didn't draft him that wasn't interested in him. It's the same thing that Dwayne Haskins went through. Ron Rivera did not want Dwayne Haskins. He was given him. He did not want him. So if I'm Justin Fields, I got to get in the workroom. I got to study. I got to get better with this offense, and I got to figure it out. And if I'm Matt Nagy, I need to do a better job of preparing my quarterback and putting him in a situation that's going to be successful. Because him getting blown up in preseason by the Bills, not a good look, dude. Good way for you to get fucking fired by week two. If I'm Matt Nagy, I'm looking for a new job now. I'd be looking for a job in Canada because... We said last week, first coach to get fired. He was never a thought, but boy, he should have been. I think he's going to make it to like week 10. He makes it to week 10. I don't think the Bears fire a coach in season that early. I think it's like week 10, but I I could see Vic Fangio, which was both of our picks. Uh, I could also see Mike McCarthy getting fired really quick because Jerry Jones is, you know, yeah, he is Jerry Jones. All right, let's get to our last quarterback here. Let's get to Trevor. Give me your thoughts from week one. We both watched Trevor together. This is the only guy that we watched at the same time uh, in the same location. So I kind of know your thoughts on him already, but let's hear what you have to say on that. Some of his passes looked good. He had a few darts to receivers that I was like, all right, there's Trevor. Look, there he is. What was the first word I said to you in the first quarter about Trevor? Did you say he looked nervous? Nope. I said he just looks. Oh yeah, he like looks a like a quarterback. Yeah, which is what I told you when you were all Mister. Oh, maybe Trevor isn't <laughs> the guy. All this bullshit that you gave me in the pre-draft. Oh, I don't know. Maybe he's. The, I said, listen, he looks like a quarterback. If it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it damn sure ain't a mongoose. <laughs> like that. If it looks like a quarterback and it plays like a quarterback, it's a fucking quarterback. Uh, he's a quarterback, and. The first play of his preseason could not have gone any more perfect <laughs> for the first overall pick in the NFL draft. To have the pocket break down completely, him get sacked, Drop fumble the, the ball, ball recover and recover it, it himself, but t- just to have all of that go wrong on the very first play and then come out on the second play and complete a really nice ball on the sideline was like, okay, like he looked nervous. Yeah, yeah I thought he, he looked, looked nervous. Very nervous. It was like, hey, you listen, it's hard to be that guy. It's hard to be the guy that for the last three years has been said that's the greatest quarterback prospect we've seen since John fucking Elway. And I'm sorry for the F-bombs right now, but I'm really fired up about Trevor. I'm excited for that. It's not a kid's show anymore. I said it. 
After minute 20, we're no longer a kid's show. Kids tune out. We're in the car. You get 20 minutes in the car, and then you got to put the earbuds in and get the kids <laughs> out of there, okay? We're not a kid's show anymore, okay? I, I, I was fired up. I was more – honestly, his debut was the one I was most excited for. And I was excited for Mac. I was here clapping my hands and getting fired up. But Trevor taking the field because we know he's going to be the day one starter. The expectations on him are higher than any quarterback basically since Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, John Elway. Those are the other three. He's in that category. We expect him to be great. I think he's going to be great. I think he's you know, going to be maybe not the greatest quarterback of all time, maybe not in the top ten all time, but he's, he's going to be potentially a Hall of Famer. Like That's where we have him. So for him to come out and look a, look a little nervous, I'm excused on that. You're good. You can be nervous, dude. No, I I'm agree. fine with that. Especially in the system of Jacksonville with a brand-new head coach. It, that whole system in Jacksonville is brand-new. There isn't a single thing that like has been passed down in the generations. Like like Mac Jones is stepping into generations of good, or not generations, but there was years tape, and years. There of was good something f- that Mac Jones could go and look up on YouTube yeah. and be like, "Oh, this is what I'm expected to do." Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is like, okay. Well, I mean, he can go look at Urban Meyer's tape. Well, and, what's and, that? And Tim college, Tebow running but, jump passes and triple option plays and, uh, oh God, Cardale Jones. Like, there's nothing for him to go off of. Yeah. You don't know what it's going to look like because college offenses. Yeah, you can run a similar style, but in the NFL, it's not a college offense. Like, Trevor had nothing to go on. Yeah. You know, he has all these young players. You know, the the team is a mess. I like some of the pieces on that team, but I don't love it. I did say the Jags are a potential playoff team. I did say that. I still believe that. Andrew Luck took that Colts team 11-5. and Can Trevor Lawrence win 11 games? I think he can. It's just, just there's a lot they're going to have to overcome. They're going to have to utilize the run game to help him. They're going to need that. They're going to need to throw the deep ball. We didn't really see that in the first game. We saw a couple 15, 20-yard shots, but nothing nothing big, no big playability there. I want to see that tonight. I'm hoping they do that. Maybe just something off of a play action or off of a uh, read option or something, something to get the ball downfield. Yeah. That's what I really want to see. Trevor went six of nine for seventy-one. Yeah, I mean that's those are pretty good numbers. I want to talk about the receiving end because these are the guys that need to step up and and help Trevor be what he is. I mean, he has the two running backs and James Robinson and Travis Etienne. I you know how I feel about Etienne, and I've criticized that pick from the start. I still don't like it. I think James Robinson should still be that number one option. Should be a three down back. But it's I, I honestly would go two back sets a lot. I would go with two running backs a lot. He did that a lot in college. I would go back to that. I don't think having a tight end on the field is necessarily a thing for them. I don't know if that's really well, a package they're going to run. R.I.P. Tim Tebow, NFL career is pretty uh, yeah, much I mean, over. That's done. Yeah. I, we don't even need to talk about that. Um, but yeah, is like tight end packages, are they really going to utilize them? Like Their tight end depth chart isn't even that good. I could see them running three wide receivers a lot with two running backs. Like, yeah. they can use running backs in protection. You know, you're not going to be able to go five out all the time, but they're going to be able to use them to chip. That line is okay. I like Cam Robinson. I think that it's a solid line. It's not great, but Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, Laviscus Chenault, and then the two backs. Like, that's an explosive offense. I, I think they have a chance to be pretty good. And if you give Trevor two dump off options, which he has been known, he he will dump it off. Like, that's going to be a good option for him. Yeah. Like, these are the guys that really stood out in this game and the receiving end. You got Tavon Austin, four receptions, 52 yards, and one touchdown. Obviously, the touchdown wasn't from Trevor. He got most of his work from the backups. Marvin Jones stepped up and went three for 52. Daria Gumbawale was, I mean, two targets. LaVisca Chanel had two targets. So, there are, there are a bunch of... Low-end receivers that need to be able to step up and help Trevor become the great quarterback that he can. And if they can, I see no problem with Trevor winning a bunch of games. I'm still not going to agree with you that they could be a surprise playoff team because I don't think they finish higher than third in that division. But I I will. the only negative I have about Trevor is he looked nervous, which I'll, I'll give him. Like, you're a number one pick. You are expected to be a little bit nervous. He has more pressure on him than any player basically since John Elway. Like, that's that's pretty much what it is. Yeah. You know, you were a surefire number one pick since you entered college. Yeah, I mean, you know, that 
Jacksonville has never had any success, really, other than a couple AFC title game appearances. Like, they have been dying for a quarterback. That fan base is, it's small, but it wants one bad. And that's a lot of pressure for a kid to basically go and provide that franchise with the only success it's potentially ever had. So, like I said, I excuse the the um, the nervousness. Now tonight needs to be less nervous. We need to see something tonight. Hey, show me something downfield. Show me that you don't want to hold on to the ball too long. Show me this. Just just give me something else this week. That's all I need to see out of him. Obviously, the job is his. That that shit with maybe Gardner Minshew as the starter. That Gardner Minshew has about as much chance of being the starter as Jake Luton does. So let's stop with that nonsense. Yeah. I don't really have anything more to say. No, I, that's that's all I got on Trevor. That's all I have in general, yeah. actually. I don't have anything else. Uh, so we will have a fantasy pod this week also. That might come out a little bit late, uh, depending on personal personal life things this week. We're still a little bit busy with off-the-field situation. You know, <laughs> We're athletes now. You know, We're athletes. Um, but we should have another podcast up this week for sure. Hopefully this one comes out on Tuesday morning. I hope. Yeah, it should be hopefully. up Tuesday. It should hopefully be up I'm, tonight at midnight. Hopefully I'm tech savvy enough to get that done. <laughs> I have my instruction booklet here. We'll see if we can do it. Uh, but we will see you guys Thursday. Thursday.